to four to six feet. Tropical storm warning in effect. Scattered showers tonight, likely the heaviest of the activity with squalls and some of the gusty, possibly damaging winds as well. By tomorrow night through early Saturday and tropical storm force gusts through Friday night and improve gradually early Saturday. Highs of 80s, lows of 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell at the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. And it's so drained and so amazed when you have the feeling inside when you're in the field around New Orleans for the food show, among many other things. And we are glad that you stepped in so we could talk about, hey, whatever you food. figure out. Yeah, I think so. Food. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all we do. One of my favorite food. things. 32 years for you, Tom. 32 years. 32 years of talking about food. Show's a little bit different since I've been on. It's a little bit lighter, for sure. And yep. um, and more about generalized food. But we still have fun, and it's certainly still a respite from everything else that's out there. So please join us and tell your friends to join us. Mm-hmm. We're here every day, two to four weekdays. Or I should say we're here almost every day, the middle of the week. All right, so I'm going to start the show. Oh, good. With an announcement that, believe me, it's not a big announcement, but uh, in the next half hour, I'm going to give out the Frank Brightson recipe for the perfect rice. For those of you that mm-hmm. don't feel like writing it down, if you go to nomenu.com, because I just got this question off the air, if you go to nomenu.com, and type in the search bar, perfect rice, it'll come right up. I know Nicole was asking about it, got a couple of texts about it. So if you are looking to make the perfect rice, and it is indeed the perfect rice, um, you can just do that. It's very simple, nomenu.com, perfect rice in the search bar. I will also give the recipe if you do not uh, if you're about as good at computers as I am, it's not all that complicated. But I don't like giving recipes on the radio because it's radio, you know. Well, radio is like a good thing, it really but it goes simple, places. I like to keep it you know. And, and it, it, it is kind of a simple recipe, so it's not, it's not a big deal. But we will give it out if you want to take it down. If you want to do it easier, go to nomenu.com, search the bar, perfect rice. All right, that's our announcement for today. Hello, everyone. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to us about food, we're here to do that with you. Mm. Tom, I almost got some. You know, it's, it's hurricane, and even though it's not coming here, you you just have this primal urge to go out and buy canned foods that you're going to never eat. Mm. So I had the urge to go out and buy Hormel hot tamales because we were talking about them last week so far i have resisted the urge but i kind of feel like it might happen soon 
where I buy a good old can of Hormel's hot tamales and sit down and eat the whole thing. It could be a I'm big so out of platter. control. <laughs> what? It could be quite a put. Uh, <laughs> Doing this show has made me completely out of control with the eating. If you have the same problem, call us and tell us where you've been eating because uh, that's what we do. That's what we'd like to talk about. Someone texted me yesterday. We get more questions by text or email than on the show, and the whole idea is to call the show. I know. But the question was um, where to go for lunch between the following Sophia, um, Seaworthy, Josephine Estelle, and Nola Kay. These have a lot in common. They do? Well, yeah, they're they, all in, the, in a one or two block area. Uh, and Other than that, what do they have in common? The Actually, subjects nothing. that keep coming in uh, are kind of down a, a They have absolutely flow. nothing in common, really. I mean, Josephine Estelle and Seaworthy are owned by the same people. But in terms of the food, Seaworthy is... I've not been to Seaworthy. You like it, though, right? The, in the Ace Hotel, Seaworthy? Well, I don't like it as much as I did when they first opened. Uh -huh. uh, and I think it's still a good, very um, unusual way that yeah, they is. put together their... It's kind of like a hip version of GW Fins, right? It's all about fish that might not necessarily be from here. Righto. Yeah. Uh, and it's, they're both part of the Ace Hotel, Josephine Estelle and Seaworthy. I like Josephine Estelle, but it's not typical. It's... A very, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't like the environment. I, no? I, yeah, the environment's a definite turnoff for me. Is it's this like, that big building? Yeah, it's like stepping back in time to 1940, which, which was never a good look as far as I'm concerned. No. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's funny because um, Jude's roommate at prep um, was uh, a Barnett, and this was his family's furniture business. Um, and a big, big yeah, business. Yeah, it's a it giant was. cavernous place. And uh, they took the building and made it the Ace Hotel, but they kept the space that 40-ish look. And, uh, and, and frankly, I hate it. But um, the food is good. They're out of Memphis, the, the chefs, and uh, I've always thought the food was very good. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's this is something... It's not true cacio a pepe, though, I, but anyway, go ahead. I haven't thought about it a lot lately, but the way that uh, they operate over there is so different from uh, what we know going back a few generations, we're not even just mm -hmm. a couple of years, really. And uh, now that they're out of the press mart, not, that's not what they call it, is it? Uh, they get in there and they merge these Are two. Are you talking about Josephine Estelle? Yeah, that's okay. what I mean. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, you, you get a, a completely different business out of it. Uh, it's, uh, it's I haven't been in a while. Uh, yeah, well, the when, only... I, when we first went there, it was that same experience as Jack Rose, where you're the oldest person in there. And I feel like that's not nearly as obvious at Josephine Estelle as it is at Jack Rose. Um, because, first of all, it's a hotel. Well, they're both hotels, actually. But um, I think that the, the Josephine Estelle is part of the Ace Hotel, so people like me who want to think that they're hip kind of go there. So there's more people our age maybe there than the other place. 
Um, but it's, uh, it's good. I think Josephine Estelle is good. I like the food a lot. Mm. But I, I don't like the food enough to overcome the place. I don't like the food enough. The, the pastry chef is fantastic there. They have killer scones and other kinds of delicious things coming out of the dessert realm at Josephine Estelle. But their cacio pepe is not true. It's not a true cacio pepe. Anyway, uh, let's see. The other one was Nola Kay, which is strictly a fun place with great food. These are two long-term restaurateurs who are doing something completely different. It's the Restaurant des Familles couple. And um, Brooke and Brian Czar. And they have taken this really old space, but done something different with it than, say, Josephine Estelle, which sort of left it as it was. And it's a fun place, and it's um, it's really good fusion food. And they know what they're doing. I mean, that's that's good stuff there. And the, the last one was Sophia, which is completely different than all the others. And it is a really good Italian place, I think. Do you like Sophia? And it's uh, You could just make it even more uh, squeezed in a little bit. It's pizza. I mean, they have other things. It's also Italian. I it mean, is like Italian. It's, it's definitely Italian. Uh, but uh, they it's, it's focused really on the pizza, though. It's a very, push. it's a very glamorous place. It's named after Sophia Loren, and there are images and videos of her all over the place, which you know that's hardly hard to look at. But um, I love it. I think Sophia is really good. Um, Don, the gourmet neighbor, who is always complaining about Gianna should uh, venture into Sophia. Is that his complaint? No, it's just uh, across the board, always complaining about it, but maybe he should move to Sophia. Poor Banshee, they left qu rather quickly. They exited rather quickly with, uh, with COVID. Banshee was the place in um, that new building next to True Food Kitchen. And it was a little tiny place. It's literally very Italian served. Um, what do they call that? I have to look it up. What the way they call it? Italia. Wait. Anyway, uh, it's um where they where they have like the long slabs of pizza and they take a big cleaver and they whack you a piece and put it in some tissue like they do on the streets of Rome. Anyway, didn't last very long, which is too bad for those people who came into town right before COVID. I don't know, you know, there's a lot of restaurants here, so it just they didn't keep on work coming. out for them. 5569696 is the number. Anyway, that was the answer to a question that we get off the air. So get it on the air. Give us a call if you have questions like that. We're happy to answer them. But, you know, other people might be interested in it, too. Like a lot of people probably didn't know about Sophia or Nola Kay. Anyway, 5569696, we're here. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame crusted muffalata calzone. 
The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at happyitalian.com for info and online orders. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. You make me feel so young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You make me feel so young. Doodly doo 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 young. <laughs> what did you want to say about Happy Italian? The the Happy Italian. Yeah, well, you wanted to say something about it. Yeah, I uh, I like that guy. It's who, a cute little place. It's, it's a good commercial. It's cute, and it's a cute. It's a, it's he a good does place. a tremendously yeah. good. Uh, yeah, it's a good place. And uh, little it, little in, little place out in Harahan. He does a good job. Mm-hmm. He definitely does in a totally different way. The machine he has to bake a pizza is, you did what? It's, it's really yeah. unusual, and it, but it gets that job done. It is very, uh, very efficient. I wouldn't say it's unusual. It's kind of from, okay, so there's the places like Sofia with their fancy schmancy shipped from Italy uh, terracotta tile oven which is fantastic pizza. It's more of an Italian pizza. And then there's American pizza, which has been mm-hmm. around. And it's not hip. It's just good New York-style pizza. That's what he does. Good New York-style pizza. Well, having had a pizza in the last two days, I can tell you. pizza all the time. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's you there. pizza constantly. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is Bistro Orleans. Go see Archie Siraj. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of great things on the menu, but that's where you're going to find that that seafood boat. If you've been wondering where those are, he's got one right there. And Parish Coffee, of course, is is uh, available all over town. No, it was Double D Sausage. That that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very good stuff. Makes a right. statement. Yeah, if it's on the show, it's good stuff. We are we stand by all of our advertisers. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to call us, we would love to hear from you. So do that. Mm-hmm. Give us a call. All right, Tom. Today yes. is uh, a poor boy day. It's a poor boy day. It's a poor boy day. Wow, that's uh, really impressive. <laughs> it's always poor boy day for and you. Who, who, uh, who got a, a kick out of that? I don't know. You have it's well documented who invented the poor boy sandwich, Benny and Clovis Martin. It happened during the famous streetcar strike of the late 1920s. The idea was to provide the poor boys out on the picket lines with a big filling sandwich containing only scraps of meat for a low price. Originally a nickel. The day it happened is not known, but the now defunct Council for the Preservation of the Poor Boy Sandwich, which disbanded in 1973, when it became clear mm-hmm. the danger of extinction had passed, declared today as the official day of celebration. The Martins persuaded their baker, John Gendusa, a couple of blocks up Toro, to make a special extra long loaf of French bread. That was the same thickness from end to end. This was an adaptation from the standard New Orleans French bread, which was shorter and had a hole 
wide middle and tapering ends. Most New Orleanians agree that a well-made roast beef poor boy is one of the most delicious eats in the great eating town. We all remember our first one, for me, came from, okay, tell them the story of Clarence and Lefty somehow. I will defer to your uh, first-hand account, your Clarence and Lefty's poor boy. Clarence and Lefty's poor boys, um, in what way? You, you've, you've, uh, well, this was when you were eight years old, and uh -huh. somebody stuck you with your uncle. Oh, or... oh, oh, that story. Okay, <laughs> no, that's for real. My, my, my uncle worked on the, mm -hmm. the docks, on the decks, right? yeah. and, mm -hmm. and he he yeah. was one of those guys, and did a lot of really so hard of work. Hang out at a joint. And yeah, going all around the the facility there, for that matter, and so it it was a full dome almost. And uh, he uh, heard people calling, uh, people who were just in New Orleans, call, uh, get picking up a sandwich and calling it, uh, where's the pitch, uh, or where's the post office? You know, they would, they, they would be things like this. The story this. used to be better, Tom. That's all I can say. Well, I haven't told it in quite a while. So if you don't I'm mind. i help you get through it. It was on Almanaster at North Tonti. That's right. And, and, your, and your uncle, was it, who said, hey, kid, you want this? And you got one. Mm -hmm. And then he went to, what, did he, what was he doing, playing cards or something? What was he doing? I think that is what it was, cards. Okay. It, yeah. it, anyway. And you were sitting at the bar eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then he came back, and he couldn't believe that you had eaten the whole thing. And then he said, you want another one? And you said, Yes. Right, that was me. And you ate that one too. I did, and I Your was proud of it. Your life changed forever. And my uncle was also prayed with me mm -hmm. for a while that I would uh, get that, because that was his favorite sandwich mm -hmm. too. Poor boy's sandwich. Mm -hmm. All right, so the taste still stands in your mouth, the homemade beef and gravy, fresh, hot French bread. It's the gravy that makes the sandwich mm. unique. It smells so good. Yeah, it does have right a distinctive smell. Tom, I hate to say it, it's probably got oh, bouillon oh. in it or something. That caused a myth to grow that the sloppier the sandwich, the better. I do not subscribe to that theory. I've encountered some poor boys with so much gravy that they were impossible to eat. There's a golden mean, and only the really good shops get it right. The best poor boy shops have many other kinds of poor boys, including unusual meats like liver cheese and hogshead cheese. Uh-oh, here we go. Of them all, you think that the most underrated is the ham poor boy and its variants, especially the grilled ones. Then we have all the fried seafood poor boys. Those differ in being better without the lettuce and tomatoes found on their meatier brethren. Mostly the seafood, bread. but could be other things. The toasted bread should just be slathered with melted butter, the seafood doused with hot sauce, and a bunch of pickles throw in, thrown in for acidity and textural contrast. The poor boy universe is a unique and essential part of the dining scene in New Orleans. Any place with a good poor boy gets a star on your culinary stage. That's right, a culinary star. And mm -hmm. What's your favorite? Top five, top three. Uh, oh, gosh, that's, 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 you're making me think. This is, well, I think this you is... should definitely award one of those uh, to the Parkway Poor Boy people Certainly because is. they are the only ones in your entire campaign to change the name of Po' Boy, the bastardization of Poor Boy, back to its original Poor Boy. Ah, you've, you've pushed a button. Yeah, so let's give them number one because they listen to you, Tom. Imagine that. Some other favorite poor boys. 
You like Pontchartrain, poor boys. Yes. You like Bears, poor boys. Bears is wonderful. Now, Bears is on the north and south shore, so if you have not had a Bears, poor boy, do that. It's very good. Uh, let's see. Who else do you like, Tom? You love the DiMartino's, poor boy, but that is I do, yeah. made of Italian bread. I think, uh, yeah, I get a little taste of that when I go there, but they have so many other things about it. What did you I, have there today? I picked something that you picked the last time you were there. What was that? It was uh, th those... Uh, the chicken breast? Chicken. That with, is good. That's a the, really nice little dish. With a really... Really nice dish. Uh, a flavor of garlic. Yeah. And uh, it's was pretty, a big... and it's nice. And very clean. And yeah. A nice looking piece of... Uh, it really is. Yeah, and not ex not ex and uh, uh, I managed to get a uh, spumoni. Uh, one of those. Oh, bite! You got you beat a me to spumoni. Spumoni, formerly something now. All right, I'm trying to think of the last one of the five of the poor boys. Uh, gee, if you have a vote on that, give us a call. Mm -hmm, yeah. Favorite poor boy sandwich. We, we haven't done that in a while. Who's uh, who's There's got a killer poor boys, which is the hip version. There's Mahoney's, which has moved into the French Quarter in the former dress atelier. Let's see who else has a good poor boy. Oh, they're all over the place, really. Oh, Johnny's poor boys. That's your Johnny's. That's your original favorite. In the favorite. French, qua yeah. French Quarter, and yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. So thanks for reminding me of that one. Yeah. Anyway, and, there's a lot of good poor boys out there. Yeah, there are. Poor boys, not po' boys. That's right. Po' boys. Poor boys, please. <laughs> Your Jeff Dunning boys. rule you... number 654, Tom, is about the thickness of the meat, cheese, and dressings on a poor boy sandwich should equal or exceed that of the top layer of bread. That's very interesting. I agree. I've never looked at it that way. But true although honestly usually in the really good places it usually greatly exceeds the top slice of bread i find that on a good roast beef poor boy there's probably double the um amount or, or double uh i won't say width it's not the width but height double the height of the top surface bread with the interior ingredients. Usually a really good poor boy is so overstuffed with meat that you could take half of it and make another sandwich. That's what I think. That's mm. true of bears for sure. Uh, that's how they are always playing for me now. Yeah. I get yeah. I get one, mm -hmm. I put one and yeah. a half in the refrigerator and I eat it again and again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's better than a mediocre one that is perfect. You know, I never eat roast beef poor boys, except no? now that we're here in COVID world, I'll go pick up a roast beef poor boy for you, and then I'll eat just like the last little inch of it. So it's not something, I don't even know why I can say that. I It's stupid, because they're delicious, delicious, and a true part of the culinary scene in town. But um, I, I don't know, it's one of those things where I just don't indulge in it very much. But uh, when I do, it's it's really good, and it reminds me every time that uh, it's kind of stupid to not eat it because it's it's good. Tom, your old kitchen sage says the perfect poor boy will, after being completely assembled, be warmed in a four hundred degree oven for no less than three minutes, then served immediately. Has anyone hmm. ever listened to you on that, Tom? 
On what? When you get a poor boy, you want it to go yeah. back into the oven for a little crusting <clears throat> on the exterior. Oh, Has anyone ever done that? Every time I do it. Every so whenever time. you order it, you say, don't don't serve it to me. Send it back in after you've assembled it for another little crunch on the outside. And a little Who hotter than it was. Uh, I, a lot of people really? do, including me. Really? So you, you ask for that and it's given to you freely. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I ask them for it. Because uh, when I order a poor boy for you, Tom has very particular needs with his poor boy. His poor boy has to have extra pickles. It has to have mm -hmm. light gravy. And, it and I'm not talking about the again. heavy gravy either. So remember. I don't, really see, I don't really see any heavy gravy. I see mostly no. more of a light au jus as a, as a roast beef gravy. But that's just us because we go mostly to Bears and to Pontchartrain. But I'm sure that there are places that have a really thick gravy. Paran's was a place that uh, you had on the show for a long, long time. Did they have a thick gravy? Because they were talking uh, about how messy it was. Uh, yeah, it was like it was pretty bath, thick, and it, it, it was thick. It was thick, and it doesn't have that that mucky kind of uh, some of these guys put together. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, if that's the neighborhood for that kind of poor boys and other things too. Yeah, uh, Tom. The um, today is the uh, birthday of uh, Walgreen, Charles Rudolph Walgreen, and we're going to tell you some more about him. Hmm. And his eponymous drugstore that still bears his name. And uh, the soda fountain days. I'm so glad I'm too young for soda fountains. <laughs> five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you want to talk to us about food, that's all we do. And we'd love to talk yeah. to you. And so we'll do it a second call. time if Bottom you didn't get it. Bottom of the hour news time for the Louisiana Radio <laughs> Network, and we'll be back after. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Hurricane Delta is now 90 miles south-southwest of Cameron with sustained winds of 110 miles per hour, making it a Category 2 storm. Delta is expected to make landfall tonight on the eastern side of Cameron Parish. State climatologist Barry Kimes says the forecast track has Delta as a tropical depression in northeast Louisiana on Saturday morning. Kimes says by Saturday afternoon, conditions will be much better in south Louisiana. This is not one of these low bob and weave kind of storms along the coast that just sit around and, and pound the coast and uh, you know with wind and rain. This one's going to you know, basically be in and out of here in, a, in a, what I would consider a normal amount of time. The misuse of generators can cause fatalities with carbon monoxide poisoning. State Fire Marshal spokesperson Ashley Rodrigue reminds users to place the generator at least 20 feet away from your home and never plug it in directly to your home. It can create a house fire. Whether it be immediately or a delayed reaction relative to some damage that may have occurred with the electrical systems when a setup like that. LRN. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. COVID-19 has altered the way we do elections this year. And while Hurricane Laura may have ravaged our state, it will not break our spirit. Our office is working around the clock with state and local partners to bring early voting sites and election day polling locations back online. For Louisianans displaced by Hurricane Laura, you can exercise your right to vote this fall. Displaced voters have the option to vote early, vote on election day, or vote absentee. If you are unregistered, there is still time to register at either your current address, temporary residence, are the home from which you evacuated. To address COVID-19 concerns, we will take every sanitary precaution necessary to ensure voters can safely cast their votes. This includes mandating personal protective equipment for poll workers and making masks available for voters who want one. Voting machines will be sanitized between uses and social distancing will be enforced. If you have questions about the November 3rd presidential election, visit GoVote.com or call our election information hotline at 1-800-883-2805. 
I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to talk to us, we've got about another half hour before the grocery goddess comes down from the mount and talks to us about what's on the grocery shelves today and what is going to be gone tomorrow and how you got to grab it when you can. That's Nicole Dorignac. She's here every Thursday to make us a little bit more aware of what happens behind the scenes at the grocery store, which is something that heretofore we have not even paid any attention to. But now in COVID world, it's all different. And it's been interesting to hear her reports. And then we added a little bit to her segment where we, because she's, you know, she's a yat. She'll admit that. And, uh, and, and I am, uh, we each have mothers with names that go back to the early 20th century. Esther is her mom and Sylvia is mine. And so we decided to institute a Nolens kind of throwdown with our mom's cooking. And my sister has joined it who is a Sylvia Jr. So we're going to do that at about 3.20 today. But in the meantime, we can talk about Walgreens and also I promised the perfect rice recipe. So let's do Walgreens first and then I will launch into the mm-hmm. perfect rice because people have asked about that and it's it's simple and accurately named. The perfect. fountain. Mm-hmm. Charles Rudolph Walgreen who founded the drugstore chain that bears his name, was born today in 1873. The soda fountain was already common in pharmacies when Walgreen got into the business. They remained so until the 1970s. A decade later, they were almost all gone. Walgreen has a dessert named for him. Informally, the name isn't on the menu at Antoine's. Thank you, Tom, because Dominic (laughs) and I were talking about this. When we went to Antoine's for the opening two weeks ago, and I wrote about it, and I said that it was called, the the meringue was called the Walgreen. And Peggy Scott Laborde ordered it and said, I don't know what she's talking about. And I said, well, somebody was talking about the Walgreen. So it was her husband, Errol, who was talking about it being called Walgreen. So Tom, you are backing me up on that, that it was on the menu. Or it wasn't. Oh, it certainly Antoine's. was. Or it's just known but, as the Walgreen. But there's a, a a break in between because. So it is, or it is, or has it ever been on the menu at Antoine's? Uh, I, uh, the the meringue, the meringue, that the colorful meringue? kind of garish-looking dessert. Yeah. That we had on the table two weeks ago at Antoine's. Is it a Walgreen? Do they call it a Walgreen or not? I haven't seen it called that in a while. But but you have heard of it at Antoine's being called a Walgreen. Oh yeah, it was okay. it was a classic uh, fountain. Okay. okay. And uh, in fact, for a while, speaking of Antoine's, Antoine's had, and exactly the same thing, they have that um, the uh, the counter top 
And they were doing uh, vice versa with the... Uh, well, this meringue was, like I said, rather garish looking. It, uh, it was a green meringue with vanilla ice cream, chocolate sauce, mm-hmm. and then strawberries flanking it. So it was like this colorful thing. Yeah. But not colorful in a soothing way, like colorful, woo, in an arresting kind of way. And if you go in there and you ask for uh, a, a, a Walgreens, a Walgreens mm-hmm. uh, the people in the restaurant at Antoine's probably will think, what? what you... Well, no, they served it to us, yeah, but well, she ordered it as a meringue. That's what she said. A meringue. A meringue. That's, uh-huh. that's, it's on the menu. Yes. Uh, it has you have been it described as a ring of baked meringue with ice mm-hmm. cream, nuts, chocolate sauce, and whipped cream. Mm-hmm. It must be because it resembled the kind of sundaes you could get at Walgreens and every other drugstore soda fountain. There you are. All right. So that is the story of Walgreen. There was a competing uh, such place, and that's uh, the uh, uh, the uh, one the uh, locally. Yeah. At, oh, uh, um, oh, I know what you're talking well, about. KB. Yes. K K and B. At their Cats and best stuff. And but that it, was a local only, right? It, that was like it, it was. That's like our version of Dwayne Reed. Yeah, that's true. It was uh-huh. uh, in a, a different kind of bag, but uh, it was many. <laughs> very much uh, in in luck as a is doing all of these uh, ones that you have been talking about, as well as others that they probably had a lot of fun with. All right. Well, I just got another text about the perfect rice recipe. So it is time to launch into the perfect rice recipe. The rice recipe. And here we go. For those people who are wondering what I'm talking about, it is is the legendary Gerard Croger's recipe, Mm -hmm. which I had heard about from Tom. And... um, other people have, you know, sort of talked about it. And then Frank Brightson was on the show a couple of months ago, and he had it in his cookbook that he did when COVID started. It's a booklet that you can get on his website. Um, it is exactly appropriately named. It is perfect rice. That's all there is to it. It is very simple to do, as Frank promised. And, uh, and I did it, and it came out perfect. So that is a testament to how easy it is. You start with two tablespoons of unsalted butter. Just for my own self, I never use unsalted butter. I use salted butter. It was fine. Don't go out and get unsalted butter. You don't need it. Okay. A half cup finely diced yellow onion. I used shallots because I was getting really big into shallots at that time. And they dice beautifully and they are... Somehow or another fancier and more appropriate for perfect rice. A bay leaf, a teaspoon of salt. Well, I guess if you're using salted butter, you don't need the salt. An eighth of a teaspoon of dried thyme. A pinch of ground white pepper. Two cups of jasmine aromatic white rice, or whatever your favorite rice is. And three and a half cups of water or stock. We keep chicken stock in here that we make all the time until Don, the gourmet neighbor, 
soured me on rotisserie chicken. So my stock, my stockpile is going to, uh, <laughs> to run out. But very important that you get the water right. Three and a half cups. So you take all of the ingredients. You heat the butter in a pot over medium heat. You add the onions, the bay leaf, and cook that, stirring often. And then when the onions become soft and clear, like two or three minutes, you add the salt, the thyme, and the white pepper. And you cook that, stirring constantly for like half a minute, 30 seconds. Then you reduce the heat to low and add the rice. And then you cook for another one or two minutes. So you're kind of just coating the rice. And then you add the water or the stock and you bring it to a boil. And away you go. Yeah, as soon as you bring it to a boil, you reduce the heat to very low, very low. You cover the pot and cook for exactly 17 minutes. When your timer goes off, you I can't remove, wait. I, you I mean, remove really. the bay leaf, you stir it once, Keep covered until you're ready to serve it. Super simple, incredibly good, lives up to its name, the perfect rice. And what's, it's what's easy the name? because I did it and it was perfect rice. Well, it sounds good from this, uh, Angie. It's, it's really good stuff. Really right. good stuff. But um, If you missed that, you can go to nomenu.com and type into the search bar where it says search no menu perfect rice and it'll come up that's how i got it all right that's it perfect rice people mm. that's what you do that's what i'm going to say from now on if you want the gerard crozier perfect rice recipe if anybody knows yeah. i kept asking where to him find every time i went in he and i were yeah. pretty good friends friends yeah. And I would ask him, say, okay, so here's what I have in my mind. I, anybody can do that. Uh -huh. And I said, no, no, really, not all the hard part. No, uh -huh. this is the hard part. Uh -huh. This is. Is and this the rice you mean? The rice. Tom, you've never been able to cook rice, which is weird uh, because. It's true. But but this is so simple. So if you had his recipe, I don't know why it didn't work out for you. Maybe well, you weren't it, following it. It right. wasn't a total disaster, but uh, there was a touch to it that was lost in my uh -huh. brain for one reason or another. But the, whatever you use it for, it winds up being. It's perfect. Perfect. That's yep. the word. It is absolutely perfect rice, and it is that that made me realize that bay leaf is kind of an essential ingredient. And that's why you see it in so many things, because it really does alter the flavor of things in a very good way. We talked about this yesterday yes, a little bit. That's why we're talking about it again today, because people asked about the perfect rice recipe. And there is no uh, legion uh, warning against putting uh, uh, one in your mouth. Uh, but, uh, and uh, just don't worry about it. Well, no, worry about it. You shouldn't be eating bay leaves. Well, with the, with, <laughs> you should in, take bay leaves out in the, in before the, you eat them. In the ways you note that it said that, that in the recipe, take out bay leaf, remove bay leaf. Yes. It's not a big deal. Let me it's just say a big that. Deal. Yeah. Anyway.
556-9696 is the number. We're here to talk food with you if you would like to talk with us. And we hope you would because there's lots to talk about. We have loads of fun here on the show just talking about the same old thing. Not the same old kinds of food, but food. I mean, that's it. That's all we talk about. Well, it's not a bad subject. Oh, Tom, subject. I'm sorry to tell you this, but today is the birthday of your nemesis. Oh, who would that be? In 1964, Bobby Flay was born. What does Tom dislike Body? about Bobby Flay? It's very simple, oh, folks. He doesn't Flay. understand or like New Orleans food. Yes, I know. If you're guilty of that sin, Tom is going to be after you forever. He was born in 1964, he, to quote this uh, almanac, an abrasive television chef, restaurateur, and grilling specialist. <coughs> Excuse me. I, uh, I like him. I mean, you know what? I agree with you that he has a rather um, abrasive, I do think he has sort of an abrasive uh, personality, but... Um, in his throwdowns, I, I think he, I like him better. Anyway, he looks good lately. I don't know what he's been doing with himself, but he looks good. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. We have Mike on the line. Mike's here. Mike. Which Mike? There is telepathy here. Hello. Well, let's hello. find out. Hey, when he said that you, when we come back, I, was, I said to myself, it's Mike. You know why I know okay. it's Mike? Because I've been waiting for him to call all week to tell us about... Uh, Chifunctas. Did you go last week or this weekend? No, it was last Saturday. Yeah, okay. I've been waiting to yeah, hear I'm your report. Yeah, I'm going to go into that, but i got a few things before that. Okay. I, uh, I distinctly remember the controversy all these decades ago about the Bayleaf on Tom's show. 
Mm-hmm. And what it involved was whether or not you should break a, pay, a bay leaf up and put it into I a see. soup or okay. Um, and okay. the, the, the people who were adamantly against it kept saying, if a little piece of that bay leaf gets caught in your throat, you're going to have real trouble on your hands. Mm-hmm. So there was this controversy about whether or not it was acceptable or advisable to break up the bay leaf and then put it into the food as opposed to putting them in whole where you can easily retrieve them. I and see. I do remember it killed the whole show one day. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's, all, well, what it's can always you say? amazing what, what, what gets people's attention, you know? Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh-huh. And then all right. regarding, regarding bacon, uh, the, best, bacon. The, best, the best saying I ever heard this about was bacon last week. was, it was a couple of days ago, either you like bacon or you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. I can't. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, regarding Victor's. What do you have a list? Is it, it, I love this show because people call with their list. Okay. We haven't had lists, though, since we've been in the reboot version. This used to happen on the other station. So, all right, keep the going old, with your list. The, the old chef of uh, Victor's was Frank Brunacci, and he was ah. from Australia. Uh-huh. He, uh, he went to work in New York at uh-huh. one of Trump's, Trump's restaurants for a while. Oh. Uh-huh. But he's not, last I heard, he's not cooking anymore. He's in the truffle business. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, he imports truffles and he supplies truffles to restaurants across the country. So okay. that seems to be his gig these days. I thought he was good. Did you like him? I only went to Victor's one time, but yeah, you know, it, it, it was a little pretentious, to be honest with you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that degustation menu, which I thought was quite good. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. The, and the, the main course was what they referred to as a rack of lamb. Uh-huh. And when the server came out, he presented the plate and he said, "Sir, your rack." And it was one small lamb chop on the plate. <laughs> that was my rack. You know, I don't mind pretentious. I really don't. I mean, I'm not a. I don't. I don't dig pretentious in general. But I don't mind a pretentious meal. I'm not talking about a server. I'm talking about a pretentious meal, if it's exemplary. And exactly. Like, it's a quality like a, support. That, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like there's a there's a, a restaurant in Pasadena called the Royce. It's the most pretentious place I've ever been, but it is. I love it. But it's good. It's extraordinarily. I mean, it it lives up to what it it lives up to its billing, and it's incredibly expensive. But you know that going in, and there you go. Now mm. you're calling to talk about Chifuncta too, which I don't find pretentious, but it's no, got no. that. It's got that feeling of, of this is the, the top of the line, period, you know? Yeah, anyway. it's, definitely, it's definitely an elevated experience, but I didn't find any aspect of it to be pretentious at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, right. But mm-hmm. they, they have some issues. And I'm okay. Gonna, you know, one of the, uh, we, we had a reservation that was for 6.45 Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And when I pulled into the parking lot, there was not a single available parking space either in the main area or in the shelves in the back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was clear that a lot of people were still there for the, for, for the, for, for the downstairs restaurant. Uh-huh. And even though technically the downstairs restaurant closes at 6 o'clock, people are not going to be leaving at 6 o'clock. So there aren't uh-huh. a lot of good options. Okay, if you have a, uh, we were five minutes away from being on time, 
And it's not like you could say, well, let me go park on the street somewhere. I mean, it's just no place to go. Everything is packed, you know. Uh-huh. So we were very, we were very lucky that an Escalade pulled out and a spot opened up and we were able to pull in it and get in. But it could have been problematic. We could have been, you know, quite a bit late for the reservation if they had been, if that had not happened. So they need to kind of figure that out. I don't think it's an issue during the week, but it's probably very much an issue on the weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, they got a lot of work to do on the beverage service. A lot uh-huh. of work to do. See, that's not and, my thing, so I have nothing to say on that, but let's hear it from right. somebody who knows. Well, okay. We ordered, we ordered four cocktails. There were four of us. Uh-huh. And two of them were ba- basically substandard. Really? And uh-huh. my, wife, oh, yeah. my, wa- my wife when, orders mojitos everywhere she goes. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's all good and fine to say, look, we don't have the mint. We can't make a mojito. But don't make a mojito and not have the mint. You know what I'm saying? Wait, they, uh-huh. they, they sent out a mojito that didn't have mint in it? If it had mint in it, it was minimal at best. Okay, uh-huh. you know, I mean, that's really the dominant flavor of right, that drink, yeah. you know, uh-huh. along with the lime and the rum. So when they presented, Tom will love this, and when they presented my Negroni. Mm-hmm. Negroni. I had one I had, of those last week. They were an interesting I had, drink. I had no issues with the flavor of it. But mm-hmm. I've never had a Negroni that wasn't shaked with cracked ice and then served over the rocks, about the size of an old-fashioned. And this was about three-quarters of an inch in a large glass, and it wasn't even cold. It was like room temperature. And it, it, was, it tasted okay. I mean, the proportions were all right, but it was just not the way a, a, a Negroni is served, you know? And certainly not in a place like that. I mean, I don't know anything about Negronis or any of what you're talking it's, about. Uh, but yeah. a in a place like that, and, and I don't find the prices exorbitant at all, but in a place no, they, like they, that they, where they you have are. a level of class, it should be top of the line. The other couple, the other couple had a vodka martini and an old-fashioned, and they were fine. No issues mm-hmm. with either one of those. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, live and learn. Yeah. And to go on, to go on, I... Uh, I had brought a bottle of wine, but I fully expected to order a couple of bottles of sparkling wine off the list. And when I asked for the one that I wanted, the one we had had on the previous visit, it was still on the iPad as being available. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. So there's a big jump from that price point to what the next price point would be available to me. It's oh, uh-huh. pretty, pretty much double. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I don't mind spending that with one bottle, but it gets a little expensive when you're thinking in terms of two. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and made up my mind. I'd bite the bullet. We had a round of cocktails to get started, which we weren't going to do if we had the sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. And um, I made my second request for a bottle of champagne, rosé champagne, that was, again, on the list, twice the price of what the sparkler would have been. And they didn't have that. Huh. Now, my That's question fun. is, why are these things on the iPad if you don't have them? <laughs> well, you have to you have to ask that question because if you're if you're doing an iPad, then for sure, yeah. um, that's interesting. But okay. All all of that said, the food was absolutely magnificent. It is. We enjoyed. There really was is. nothing that came out that wasn't enjoyable. My wife insisted on getting the sweet potato ravioli again, which she had the first time and enjoyed so much. Mm-hmm. Where where and is this again? Chifunctus. Huh? Chifunctus. Oh, 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 okay. 
Hmm. I like That's the menu. Been... I like the way that you have just like this little section of pasta. You know, it's like you get the opportunity to eat however you want to eat. If you want to eat a big old thing, that's there. If you want to eat just a little bit, that's there too. And I like that. Well, we did. We I think you, if you remember, I told you that's exactly what we did last time. We we ordered three mm -hmm. appetizers, right. or what they call table. Right. And we made our we made our own little tasting menu. Well, I told my wife, I said, we're going to take the lead of these this other couple. You know, if they don't want to do that, we'll just go the conventional route mm -hmm. of appetizer um, and entree. You know, which is uh -huh. what they wanted to do. So, long story short, my wife got the crispy lobster for her second course. She thought it was fantastic. Uh -huh. Two of us, two of us got pineade veal chop, which was really spectacularly uh, good. Yeah, that's a that's I keep an looking at that thing and I go, is that dish. the one with the ravioli on top? Yes, yes. Oh, that thing looks if I was gonna, crazy If I was going to improve the dish, the only thing I would say, whatever that tomato-based sauce that was under the chop, I think uh -huh. a veal demi would go a long way to making it more intense. But no, it's, no complaints it's, with, with, yeah, with the veal itself. That thing, is, that thing calls to me every time it goes through the dining room, and I don't even eat veal. What else, what else did you get? I had Lamb crab cake, works for that. Crab cake, and I thought it was great. The crab mm -hmm. cake was really good. You could tell it was like about 90% crab meat. Uh -huh. And uh, we ordered the chocolate souffle, and that came out spectacularly good. Mm -hmm. So I'm very enthusiastic about the place. All the things I said negative about the beverages, I'm sure they'll work all those kinks out. Yeah. You know, those are just some of the things of a new restaurant trying to get off the ground, you know. I don't know but if you notice this on the crab cake, but I found this to be incredibly distinctive. The lemon piece on top of the crab cake appeared to be some kind of gelatin. I didn't so, notice that. No, so notice. it's like not only did they go through the trouble to put some lemon on top, but they appeared to have done something to it. And to me, this is just like the ne plus ultra, you know? I mean, you just don't have to go to all these steps. And for the price, I mean... You know, for a restaurant like that, you expect the prices to be really out of sight. Now, they can't really do that on the North Shore, you know? Right. Especially yeah, if they need people to come from the South Shore. What? Well, you, you can tell they're using the best of ingredients and yes, they're putting a absolutely. lot of thought and a lot of, a lot of care into the preparation. Yeah. You know, we had, yeah. we had that little uh, crab meat profiterole, and I have to tell oh, you, I was, quite, I, was quite, I was quite amused. I really was. Uh. I, want, I the problem with those amuses there is that I want like a whole menu of them. It's like you know, give me six yeah. more of these, please. They're they're that good, you know. Well, so no, it's back, super exciting. We're going, back, we're going back in a couple of weeks with a party of six, and I'm really Oof. looking forward to it. So, <laughs> I recommend that you drop in some Tuesday or Wednesday to the food bar. It's a whole different experience, and honestly, the one that I prefer. I mean. The place is gorgeous, and I would love to, you know, sit out and look at the at the uh, river. But honestly, I I can't turn my back on the food bar. It's I read it's, I read what you wrote about being a regular there, and I I think I I'm feeling exactly the same way. Yeah. That yeah. it makes you want to keep coming back. You know, yeah. the food is so good. So it is. It's, yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm super to excited it. too. We'll probably run into you. Maybe one of these days we'll run into each other there. Maybe even at the food bar. All right. Talk to you later, Bye. Mike. Thanks. Bye. All right. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. The place he was talking about was Chifuncta, my new favorite restaurant. Mm. 
It's wow. uh, it's really something, gotta say. And we're lucky to have it on the North Shore. People from the South Shore, it is worth the trip, I will tell you that. All right, when we come back, the goddess will be here to tell us all of the things that are happening at Dorignac's and groceries around, because it's all the same thing now. We'll be back. This is Michael Savage. Join me in the Savage Nation right here on 990 AM WGSO in New Orleans. Give me 15 minutes and I'll give you the real America. Savage. Hurricane warning is in effect from High Island, Texas to Morgan City, Louisiana, and forecasters are expecting the storm to bring damaging storm surges. Louisiana Representative Steve Scalise tells Fox News areas like Lake Charles have barely finished cleaning up from Hurricane Laura before they're being hit again. You know, my prayers are with the people of southwest Louisiana, especially when you look at Lake Charles, uh, the fact that they're still recovering from Hurricane Laura. Uh, People, they just had to be removing some of the debris that's still on the ground yesterday to try to clear up some of the debris from Laura as this storm approaches. The National Hurricane Center says the storm is expected to slow down and weaken some before it comes ashore. The latest forecasts have it making landfall around 6 p.m. Central Time. This is USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. New budget figures show the coronavirus pandemic has pushed the federal deficit to a record high. The Congressional Budget Office says the deficit for the just-completed fiscal year sits at $3.1 trillion, three times the size of a year ago. Increased spending due to pandemic relief, combined with falling income tax revenues, have led to the large increase. Washington is reacting after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced an effort to create a committee to investigate the fitness of the president for duty. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin tells Fox News that he doesn't believe this isn't about President Trump. As Pelosi has said, he thinks it's really about not accepting the results of the 2016 election. Well, of course, this is about President Trump. I agree with Leader McConnell. It is absurd. And it's just further proof that the Democrats have never recognized the wishes of the American people when they elected Donald Trump as president in 2016. President Trump has also criticized the move on Twitter, calling it crazy and saying that Pelosi wants to use the measure to replace Joe Biden with Kamala Harris. This is USA Radio News. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. The possibility of a second presidential debate next week is still up in the air as the presidential candidates snipe at each other over proposals to delay the debates or move them virtual. 
But one prominent senator says President Trump has the right idea when it comes to skipping a virtual town hall. USA Radio Network's Tim Berg has the details. It's not known if the top two presidential candidates will debate again before the election. Democrat Joe Biden is blasting the latest proposal from President Trump's team. The president saying he would like to not be part of next week's virtual town hall. They have instead called for a delay in debates. As far as President Trump not taking part in the virtual town hall, Republican Senator from Texas Ted Cruz says it was a good move. To hold a virtual debate, that benefits Joe Biden. That lets his staff... Storm surge warning in effect for three to five feet above normal for the inland areas. Coastal sections upwards to four to six feet. Tropical storm warning in effect. Scattered showers tonight, likely the heaviest of the activity with squalls and some of the gusty, possibly damaging winds as well. By tomorrow night through early Saturday and tropical storm force gusts through Friday night and improve gradually early Saturday. Highs of 80s, lows of 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell at the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. Second course of the food show. Marianne is here. Hi. Cry? (laughs) Is that what you said? I said hi. Oh, hi. (laughs) Thank you for drifting by. Drifting by. Guess who else has drifted by? Although she doesn't drift, she enters regally. Whatever it is, uh, we have an interesting uh, weekend ahead of us. It is Nicole Dorignac, the grocery goddess. Yeah? Yes, with her with her cracked crown and scepter, like the Wizard of Oz. I'm never going to get that image out of my mind of the mm-hmm. cowardly lion. Are you there? <laughs> uh, I'm me? there. How you doing? Oh, oh, there she is. <laughs> Hey, hey, Tom. Hey, Marianne. I, I crack up every time I hear that. Hello. Oh, how are you? How is I'm good. things in grocery world? Things in grocery world are still the same, hit and miss and hectic. Um, so we are looking at some a few little new things that have come back in that people are looking for. We've uh, the blue plate mayonnaise in the jar is on the reinstated list, so hopefully it'll be on the shelves soon. Um, we have... Uh, Was it on allocation? It is on allocation, okay. but it is coming back, so okay. it looks like we're going to get some of that pretty soon. The old the people who like like the bagels and all, the old London bagels are coming back. Some of the varieties of the ketchup are still out. Um, Zatarain's Creole mustard and horseradish, which are very important in New Orleans, are mm-hmm. still out. Mm. We're waiting on McCormick to get that together. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Old London bagels are out, not in. I'm sorry. About oh, that. okay. Um, black squid ink pasta, which is something people look for, that's still on back order. We're waiting for that to come in. Um, now why is that out? Are squid you know, affected by COVID somehow? I'm not really sure, but I'm thinking like black like the black squid and all, I mean, maybe because that's something that we get that the product, the, what you call it, the, what they use to make it may come from overseas. And like with, I was just listening before about the sparkling wines, 
Some mm-hmm. of the wines from France and Italy are having problems with the containers getting through, so it might be something with the product that they need to make it. Or are you talking about containers getting through as though uh, because of new well, regulations with COVID or something? Right, or they're just getting less out, so there's not as many on the water as there normally mm-hmm. would be. I see. Um, canning supplies, like people who like to make their um, jams and jellies and things for the holidays, are going to be limited through the spring of 21. So Is that a large March. number of people? You know, a lot of people make their, like, I actually have a cousin that, that she lives in Slidell, and her dad has pears and oranges and grapefruits and grapes and strawberries, not grapes, but strawberries and stuff and, and plums. She's always making her own fresh. It's uh, not that easy to jelly. do. It's not it's that easy not. to do. Tom, Tom went into this phase where we have this, um, we have a cactus outside. When Tom mm-hmm. lived in Mid-City, uh, there was a discarded piece of cactus pad on his lawn. Mm-hmm. And he picked it up and planted it. Okay. And you want to talk about proliferate. We have a massive pile of cactus pads, enough so that I could probably uh, be a uh, Nopales uh, farmer and um, provide it for all the Mexican restaurants. Anyway, it makes a beautiful pink fruit, like a fuchsia-colored fruit called prickly pear, which javelinas, which are wild pigs, love and they just eat the whole thing anyway fortunately we have no wild javelinas running around here but for a time tom was interested Mm -hmm. in harvesting these prickly pears and he he had in his mind that he was going to make a prickly pear jam but it never did make it to the jam stage it was always a syrup for some reason okay well, he's, he's a, a no one on me. What, what's the, uh, what, what is the, uh, the fabric or in the it, middle of the Not enough pectin, thing? I think. Anyway, I, I threw that uh, just a little aside, you know, in your report. So back to your report. So And then part of why they are having a problem is because there was a high demand through COVID. So that's why they're limited because people started doing all their own canning. Yeah, I guess. You have time, sure. Like the making uh-huh. the bread. Kind of goes uh-huh. with the yeast and right. the flour for a while. The hey, so how's all, that going? Is that, I haven't tried to make bread. That's good. So, okay, good. That's all been really, really okay. good. So okay. the um, like all the canned doughs and the pie crusts and all of that stuff, like that you use for all your holiday baking, that uh-huh. all is going to be fine. And we don't think we're going to have to allocate any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looks like it's in pretty good, strong, in full force. Um. Canned soups and broth. Okay, so Campbell's is focusing on the top holiday items. The unsalted broths and stocks, a lot of people like to use unsalted. Those are going to be limited, but they are going to be around. Um, and the soup supplies are building again. So oh, that's good. They're, um, yeah, and, they're, and they are focusing on the most popular, the ones that move faster. But they're cream trying to get them. Um, yeah. Cream of mushroom, <laughs> cream of celery. I think there's a cream uh-huh. of onion. Um, so it says, and then the, the cans, they're still talking about aluminum cans. But so far, some of my information, okay, you know we deal with more than one vendor, but I do have to thank um, Associated Grocers for keeping us up to date on a lot of this. So as far as they're concerned, we're going to be pretty good on 
canned beverages for a while. They, they're not seeing a problem as of yet. Including but, beer and such things like that. Yeah. Okay. yeah they're well, they're saying there could be, but we're good as of right now. So okay. that's, again, why we kind of use more than one person just in case. So the well, I can't imagine that you would that we would be going into, I mean, I, I feel like even if it goes on a long time, and I know that it will, um, I don't feel like, I don't see a a dive down. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, maybe it's not going away, but it's probably not going to get any worse. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the thing, like, I can tell you here, like, at the store, I know um, I've probably talked about it before, how we, like, feed the employees and, like, the, you know, the drink machines that everybody uses? Yeah, mm-hmm. Dr. Like, the, Pepper. Yeah, but, you know, the ones, like, the self-serve where you get your cup and your ice. So we haven't really yeah. been using that. So we've actually used a great number of canned drinks, like, just to give the employees with their lunch. So I'm sure that's going on in other places that can't use their self-serve bars. That might be part of the shortage uh, people are using more canned drinks and bottled drinks. Well, wait, um, are you not allowed to use a self-serve bar or you just choose not to? Because you, I think... No, right now, we're as, as far as like in the cafe, we're not really allowed to reopen that yet because even huh. though we're in phase three, we're still in a phase. Of all Interesting. Of that. So, because well, yeah, I know. I have seen those operational. Mm-hmm. I, I've well, seen them operational. We were told not to start using them yet, so huh. you know, I get, you know, okay. and we don't want to get in any trouble no, with anybody. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, but who was it that told me that that there's a, a set of guidelines, and within the set of guidelines, you have the option to do or not to do, and so. There are things that some people are doing that other people are not doing and vice versa. And I, I find that kind of interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So uh, let's see. Hot Pockets is going to have seven more flavors. And they Yay. should all be back in the production. Yay, Hot Pockets. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be back. I don't think I've ever had a Hot Pocket. Go ahead. <laughs> I remember eating them like when I was in college, but they're really not good. And if you put yeah. them in the microwave too long, they get hard. You know, uh-huh. little sides get hard, so it ruins the whole point of the hot pocket. It becomes uh-huh. a hard pocket. <laughs> Sylvia, when she comes on, we're going to have to talk about my mother's Christmas Eve party, of okay. which one of the central hors d'oeuvres was Gino's Pizza Rolls. Gino's, right. I remember those. Those were uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of, uh, let's say, right, right down the deluxe, yeah, they super were, deluxe. Yeah, they were deluxe at all. Did you leave them in the oven too long where the insides busted out? Because that's how I always end up messing them up because my daughter likes those sometimes. Oh, I was about to say, wait, in. food, Brad, are you telling me that you had Gino's pizza rolls? Because no, you're I outing didn't, yourself. Okay. My my food unbrat daughter does. Yes. She's not really a food. Br- I mean, she likes yeah. Keith Young's and crab cakes, but she yeah. likes her Totino's. That's what happens to these kids. They go off to school and they learn these horrible habits. Go ahead. Oh, I know. So, Clorox yeah. um, White, they have um, new plants and capital investments being made. So they are trying to get things back rolling. Who's and they that? Also sent a little, yeah, so they're trying to actually build some new facilities, it looks like. So by the spring and summer of 2021, they're hoping to be back to normal. Wait, who is that? Clorox. The Clorox, okay. The okay, I missed that yeah, first Yeah, so part. it looks okay. like they're... They're building new facilities, is what it looks well, like. Well, I'm off so my cleaning good. kick, so I don't care. Go ahead. You're off your cleaning <laughs> kick. Right. And they do suggest use bleach. instead. If you don't can't get wipes, go ahead and use some bleach. Do a little spray bottle of bleach and water, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Okay. 
And then um, I do want to say that we have... All right, so that's about... Well, I don't know. That's not really about it. Before you you go into the next segment... Wait, wait. We're going to take a break. We have a hard break, so it sounds like we can break right here, and then you can launch into the second half. Okay. We will be back after these messages with Nicole Dorignac, the grocery goddess, giving us the weekly update on what's happening in those grocery stores. We'll be back. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. First, let's say go visit Mimi's on Sunday. They have a great lunch from 11 to 3. Good good place. We just went there Monday. Philip Bucheri's in the kitchen now, formerly of NOLA. All right, let's go back to Nicole. Okay, so where did I leave off? Oh, Here we um, are. Here we are. Wait, hold on, hold on. Well, you're on a natural break. You had finished your, um, with the Clorox, and I don't remember where you were. I was, all right, I was getting ready to say, oh, the Mrs. Mrs. Myers, all right, it's Dr. Bronner's, and then Mrs. Myers are those organic cleaners. So the Mrs. Myers, we're still out of a few of those varieties that people are looking for, but they're coming back. Hopefully, shortly. Is that and Mrs. It Myers like Dr. or Dr. Myers? No, Mrs. Myers is the Myers, and then Dr. Bronner's, B-R-O-N-N-E-R, is the doctor one. Because I went okay. and looked at them that last time we were talking about those a while ago. Okay. Okay. So those are still kind of hit and miss because a lot of people like the uh, organic cleaners. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Um. Oh, the Zatarain's liquid crab boil, that's reinstated, so that should be back. And the spicy jambalaya mix. So I'm seeing some Zatarain's things that hopefully that means the horseradish and the mustard will get back soon enough because I know we all need that. They do. And what else? Somebody was talking about that the other day. The central trout is good right now, so that's a good thing. I know people are looking for that. Wait, what are they looking for? 
speckled trout. Speckled trout, thing. okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. uh, so that's just here locally what's been going on. And then our curbside, you know, we're still rolling with that, trying to, you know, keep that going for the people who need to use that. Um, thermometers are still out because it looks like we're getting ready to get into flu season. So people who are looking for thermometers, if you see one, pick it up because those were very hard to get right after all this started. And I noticed Excedrin migraine for some reason, which is something I use a lot because I live with headaches, um, is out. So that must be part of the plastics and the trying to get, you know, all that together. Um, so anyway. Okay. All right, and oh, and then we are gearing to. I know a lot of people love their good home cooking and all, but we are trying to gear towards to a little bit more lesser sodium on our hotline and in the grab and go. Just trying to keep everybody's health in mind with everything else going on. So, just don't be afraid to add a little salt. Somebody That's asked about your shrimp, or was talking about your shrimp remoulades. So what's what's your? Oh, I your... did find out about that. Okay, that was Michael. Was that Michael seventy five? Yes, yesterday. It was. The white yeah, remoulade sauce. That is something that Jazz, our old um, kitchen guy, used to make. He was mm-hmm. our chef in our kitchen for years. So we can get the recipe, and it can be made again, or we can make something very similar. Because the remoulades that are out right now. Probably aren't people's favorites, but we're going to start doing some in-house. Okay. Very as soon as we can get horseradish. So, ah, okay. Um, classic connection of, uh, of of the of shrimp and the yeah. crab yeah. meat. That's what makes it go. It's yummy, yum. All right. So, yeah. also speaking of horseradish, you were talking about mustard too, which reminds me of charcuterie. Is there any word on that? I have. Uh, well, we've been kind of busy in the kitchen with some other things but i'm gonna, gonna get sit down with wendy and we're gonna try to get something going on going to where we can do like a little special order charcuterie sh- ah, char- charcuterie board now learn how to say it first <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> like it's okay so, uh what anything new in the circle I, um actually i'm gonna go ahead and say it um looks like taj mahal nirvana we're going to be getting some items from them, mm-hmm. hopefully next week. I'm so, we were, okay. I was supposed to meet with them this week, and we got they got tied up, and I got caught up with some other things on my end on Wednesday. But we are going to follow up with them next week, and we're hoping to have their their sage, and then maybe one or two other items that are approved for the circle, meaning okay. no meat in them. So mm-hmm. just vegetable or garbanzos, maybe mm-hmm. some non. I have to see what they're able to do because, again, it's hard to, you know, we, we try to work with them what they know is going to be easy for them to produce. But uh-huh. we are looking at having Taj Mahal add something soon. Oh, good. Okay. All right. What else? Anything okay. else? Um, I guess that's about it. That's it? Well, then it, yeah, that okay. means that it's time for the mom throwdown. This has been an interesting uh, uh, sped time. Show, an interesting show, I hope. We've, well, it's, it's been very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday, uh, when we, um, we were not able to get you on, we uh, looked up, or I looked up, turkey poulet. It's a little bit more involved uh, than I expected it to be. So, um, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and do it. Is my, did my sister call in, Henry? Okay. 
So we're going to gang up on Nicole, and I we never did have, I didn't know what turkey poulet was, but apparently this is something that Esther cooked. Did Esther cook turkey poulet? Yes, every Thanksgiving and Christmas with the leftover turkey, that was what we did. That was one, okay. did turkey gumbo, and then... Uh-huh. Okay, so wh- how did you, hi, Syl, are you on there with us? Huh? Hi, I know hey, you. calling hey, in. How you doing, Zoe? How you doing? Good, good. She's you? calling in to defend our mother's honor, because I always speak okay. on her. But we never did have turkey poulet at our house, did we, Syl? No, uh-uh, no. Had you even heard of turkey poulet until I said that? No, I hadn't, but I looked it up, and when I see what it is, I, I, I think it looks like a heart attack waiting to happen. Oh, really? It is. I don't know. It looks That's pretty good to me. It, it looks pretty good. Right. So what did Esther do when she made turkey poulet? Okay, she would either use, well, when I was little, she would use, like, I guess about a three-quarter inch piece of toasted, like, United, like the Italian bread. Remember the old twist? Mm-hmm. She would use Italian bread mm-hmm. or Texas toast, but usually Italian bread because you need a thicker bread, um, mm-hmm. but never French bread. And then you toast the bread, you put it in the bottom of the pan, and then you make a cream sauce, or you could use like a canned cream sauce, but she would make like a bechamel. And then you put a little bit of that on the bread, you put the turkey, and then some crispy bacon, and you put a little more cream sauce on it, some green onion, and then cheese covers the whole thing, kind of like a um, casserole, and then you put it in the oven and bake it. And then mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like an open face sandwich because yeah. it's one piece of bread, but mm-hmm. it is very, very rich. But with the cream sauce and the cheese and the bacon, the turkey's probably the lightest thing in it. Yeah. <laughs> but everything yeah. else is fat. It sounds good, goodness. though, actually. I was thinking it, really it was delicious. Really it is. <laughs> it yeah. is. It, uh-huh. it kind of makes me want to do it because I uh, I was thinking it was just like an old-fashioned Nolens kind of dish. Tom, did you ever have turkey poulet? Uh, yeah, it was one that I uh, included, I remember, in one of the cookbooks that uh, went down. And I kept thinking, who is actually going to eat this? It, it's I a, think I'd eat it. It, it, it is <laughs> boring and deling, and, and I hate the texture of it. Uh, but, you know, it's if you don't like it, they'll find they'll something else. It. Sure, of course. Yeah. But I, I, think it, I think I could actually really get into that. First of all, yeah, United I'd Bread like to know. was the best ever. I mean, that was mm-hmm. good stuff. It's too bad that they're gone. Still, so, do you remember United Bread? United Bread? No. Yeah. No. Well, they went away after oh, Katrina, this but is that, for French was bread. The, that was the best of the bread. This is for French bread, right? Well, it was all kinds of bread. They did Italian yeah, bread. Union Bakery. Italian it was... Flip. It was near the uh, connection of, uh, um, uh, in, oh gosh. Probably down in Mid-City or something. Mid-City yeah. is exactly yeah. right. And it's, uh, and everybody was. they're gone now. They're gone. They're, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And even restaurants that had that style, I haven't seen yeah. since then. So, it, so Esther did this all from scratch? Yeah, she did. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. Esplanade. Of course you would do it. <laughs> well, really, when I was growing up, she didn't have anything else better to do but cook uh-huh. because my, da- my dad, and she would cook a lot because my dad worked on ships, so he uh-huh. would be gone a lot, so that was kind of how she kept herself busy, that, and she'd do, like, crafts, and she did uh-huh. make all those marching canes and stuff for Mardi Gras and all the, you know, the flowers that the men uh-huh. would hand out or the ladies uh-huh. would hand out on those canes, uh-huh. so she did... 
some stuff like that. And then, but she, she just did a lot of cooking. That's how she kept herself busy. Uh-huh. But she did okay. make the bechamel from scratch. Okay. And, you know. Yeah. Our mom probably would have used a can of brat. condensed milk. Wait, what? I said, hence the food brat. <laughs> yeah, well, look, hey, it, it works. I mean, and I... My dad, I not, my dad did not believe in anything processed. Uh-huh. Like, even before processed food was even a thing to be aware of, my dad was just always one of those... The closest to its natural form was the best. So very young, I was taught that... Fresh is the best, then frozen, then if you have to, eat canned, you know, like vegetables and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of a, a nutritionist before his time. So he was yeah. just one of those people. You are what you eat. Oh, well, so, that's probably. Me, I, my daughter, always, I'm, I'm still the old way. You know, I, I do the, the labor intensive way, chopping everything and do everything from scratch. And my daughter says, Mom, why don't you just take it the easy way? But I just don't like to. I like Wait, to where did you learn that, so Sil? Because, because we what? ate fish sticks. We ate fish well, sticks. I, I, we Mare. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, your husband's mom is where you learn to do the there. other thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mom, you know, mom had, what, nine? <laughs> to be, Look. Uh, well, so did Mare. Yeah. She did a lot of that. But she, she was just a... You know, that's how I learned to make a roux, because Mother didn't mm-hmm. make a roux. Yeah. She yeah. used the, the um, cream of tartar, so, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, putting it into the into the let's, let's put it this way. And Our mom. Your mom was too busy reparating children to make a roux. She couldn't stand there long enough at the pot, probably, to start. Yeah. She had to go deal with children. <laughs> yeah, well, something yeah. like that. But, uh, but, you know, you were talking about your dad being off on the ships our dad knew to get out of out of the house on monday nights because it, there there would be a three canned affair which was vienna sausages uh boiled potatoes from the can and um pork and beans that was pork that was our dinner were you there wait we have to we have to take a break it's a very hard break for the bottom of the hour news and the louisiana radio network we'll be back to talk about uh the throwdown louisiana radio network i'm matt doyle Hurricane Delta has fallen to Category 2 strength and is not expected to once again become a major hurricane before it makes landfall in eastern Cameron Parish within the next six hours. Despite the storm's deterioration, though, Governor Edwards warns residents not to start slacking off. The fact that it's weakening should not cause anyone to lose focus or to lose vigilance because this is still a very strong storm that's going to bring significant impacts to the state of Louisiana. And state climatologist Barry Kime says when Delta hits land, wind speeds will still be a pretty dangerous 100 miles per hour. I think we're going to be looking at some pretty healthy hurricane damage, you know, across all of southwest Louisiana, probably up to about Alexandria. Delta is expected to move quickly once making it ashore, moving from southwest Louisiana through northeast Louisiana in just 14 hours, pushing hurricane force winds potentially as far out as Baton Rouge. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com. I'm Matt Doyle. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. COVID-19 has altered the way we do elections this year. And while Hurricane Laura may have ravaged our state, it will not break our spirit. Our office is working around the clock with state and local partners to bring early voting sites and election day polling locations back online. For Louisianans displaced by Hurricane Laura, you can exercise your right to vote this fall. Displaced voters have the option to vote early, vote on election day, or vote absentee. If you are unregistered, there is still time 
time to register at either your current address, temporary residence, or the home from which you evacuated. To address COVID-19 concerns, we will take every sanitary precaution necessary to ensure voters can safely cast their votes. This includes mandating personal protective equipment for poll workers and making masks available for voters who want one. Voting machines will be sanitized between uses and social distancing will be enforced. If you have questions about the November 3rd presidential election, visit GoVote.com or call our election information hotline at 1-800-883-2805. Annadell's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadell's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Good voice that guy's it, got. He does, doesn't he? Annadale's Plantation is a unique and Love delightful it. little dining experience. We did it a week ago Friday, and it was just delightful. Beautiful. Is, is the only thing to say about it. Okay, so you know what, Syl? We just can't compete with Esther, I think. I mean, maybe Mayor could compete with Esther, but we are we can't. We can't. So we're going to have to think of something where we can compete. So what about Dobe? Did Esther do Dobe? Because my mom did Dobe. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna, the next throwdown is going to be Dobe. Now, Sylvia, okay. let me ask you a question. Were you out of the house? Had you escaped the three-can affair? Were you gone by the time Mom got that idea that that was a good uh, dinner? No, I was not gone. <laughs> okay, so you, you do remember that. Yes. yes, yes, I do. Okay, all right. Just just checking that that I'm not just having you know these oh, no. wild flashbacks. Okay, you're not. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I was there. Okay. <laughs> not a bad actually, dream. It's reality. <laughs> she actually, you know, did make Vienna sausages um, as good as they could be. They had a little crispy skin on them. <laughs> it was, it was Let not, me tell you, Marianne. That, you that know what I? Advanced. I. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sylvia. No, you go ahead. I I used to love fried Vienna sandwich, fried Vienna sausage. <laughs> with yes, mayonnaise. those weren't bad with mayo. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I liked that, and yeah. I used to give, I used to do that for the kids. You know, on a day uh -huh. when we were cleaning up, I in uh -huh. the summer I would do that, and um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't eat them now. Well, you know what? It, it, you could, though. I mean, it's kind of like a hot dog, but I mean, it's just something that you, you know, it's like, well, I, I remember as a kid even going, oh, come on, really? Three cans? <laughs> can there be anything that isn't a can here? But, um, you know, what can we say? So we, we can't really compete with Esther, but we're going to do a throwdown next week for Dove because when my mom cooked, she was good. And every now and then she would do something <laughs> And it was good. So were you there for the uh, chicken cacciatore? I, I don't know. That was the I, giant I roaster pan with the spaghetti and the, and the can of tomatoes and then the hen that she, for some reason, had to be a hen. And then a bunch of vegetables like the Trinity. And this was covered with a blanket of yellow cheese. I think you had mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, um, we kind of had that like celebratory meal. So you would have come back for that so if you if you was, were. Was that was that after I was married and that was the yeah, chicken I'm spaghetti sure. casserole? <laughs> that mayor. That's it. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a spaghetti was, casserole. She used to call it cacciatore, was, even though it wasn't cacciatore. Yeah, that was well, my mother-in-law's thing so too. Oh, it was your mother-in-law's. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, the truth comes out. So every real thing that was done at my house was your mother-in-law? It depends. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. They it's use ex- hands because you can cook them longer, I think. Yeah. I'm not right. And it's also, it's bigger. There's a lot yeah. more meat on it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you would boil the hen and... and yep. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so do you remember speaking of the holidays do you okay you know what nicole um we're gonna go head to head with you on stuffing at thanksgiving time i'm not gonna tell you how my mom did it because it's really gross but it was good it tasted good i have to say (laughs) all right sometimes you worry about how it's done it's just how it tastes (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, you do have to worry about it if you have to see it. I mean, I actually saw her making it, and I thought, you know what, I, I don't want to eat this. But then it came out, and it was really good. So, you know, you just have to get yeah. have to get past those things. Sometimes there are secrets that should be left in the kitchen. That's right. All right, so, so next week we're going to do, that's our thing next week. We're going to do um, the, the dobe and spaghetti, mm-hmm. which is a big okay. New Orleans thing. Did your mom ever make dobe and spaghetti, Tom? No, my mother made her own... Uh, Creole gravy, about that deep. Uh huh. Well, and wait. The, so the, the dobe. Well, Creole's tomato, right? Not necessarily. I thought it was. Well, you could. There's a lot of variation. Cajun was brown and Creole was red, right? Yeah, yeah. but it can yeah. tilt this way and tilt that way. It's not a huge. Okay. Uh, sort of and probably some of the seasoning you use in them can make a more Creole versus Italian or whatever. No, that's just Tom making it up. Oh, All okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> sounding good to me. Wait, what? Sounding, sounding good to me. Uh, there you go. That's right. It does. It sounds good to you. All right. So uh, we're going to, we're going to, we don't even have to, Henry, you don't have to give us any applause because there wasn't really a contest or a throwdown here. We just, you know, it was. Now, next, okay, next week we're going to do the, the dough. But did your mom, your mom never did make chicken a la king, right? Did that's another dish that that's a much more recently mm-hmm. put out. A dish Chicken a la king? Yeah, that Chicken comes... a la king. And, and it was very popular, though, particularly in the first uh, decade. It's like the 50s or 60s, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know how uh, I A little mom... bit before, like from the 40s and into the 50s. Oh, is that right? Okay. That would be my guess. Now, did, were mm-hmm. you ever at the house for Chicken a la king, Syl? Marianne, I think Mom did that with turkey wasn't that another thing she did leftover with leftover turkey i don't know but i know she never did do a gumbo with turkey and after you brought your gumbo from your mother-in-law i thought where has this been all my life but um that was literally (laughs) the first daddy daddy did not eat rice so you know like we had macaroni with everything baked macaroni remember Mm -hmm. dad was didn't eat rice so Mm -hmm. beans he just ate a, pa- a plate of white beans. Mom didn't make red beans. Um, it, so I, it was just, you know, not a thing we had. Nicole, yes, ma'am? We, we can compete with you on white beans because the white beans <laughs> that came out of the kitchen at our house 
Those were really good. Okay. Don't tell me that was your mother-in-law's recipe, Syl. No, no, no. You know. Okay. That was Daddy's right. white, okay. white bean slash butter bean. No, they were like we white navy butter- beans. No, no, oh, no so butter beans. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, we need butter beans. Mom always did butter beans. Navy, navy beans is what we had. We actually have a call, girls. We have Don the Gourmet That's Neighbor, right. who, who is calling, oh. no doubt, for a recipe from Syl and me. No, that's not what I'm calling for. I, I <laughs> so, uh, so we we can easily tell you, you pop open the can, you heat up a skillet, oh. and you throw the Vienna sausages oh. in. Crisp them up. Oh. So I'm sitting here doing 10 different things, one of which is building a website, which I have no earthly idea how to do. Uh-huh. So I'm half listening to the show and half trying to throw my computer off the side of the balcony. Okay. Mm. And I, you were talking about dobe, but you weren't referring to dobe as chicken, were you? No. Mm-mm. No. It was a chuck I, roast, I, I, as I, I recall. Make sure. you, would, you were just stewing a hen in red gravy, right? Well, there was actually two different things we were well, talking about. One, <laughs> well, that's fake uh. chicken cacciatore. It was, what did, your, what did your mother-in-law call it? Chicken casserole. May I? Oh, yeah. chicken spaghetti casserole, yeah. Chicken spaghetti casserole. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, because when... When we stewed a chicken, you you browned you browned the chicken off first, correct? Me? Yep. I don't yep. think I've ever no. stewed a chicken. We, Tom, do you stew a chicken by browning it off first? Uh, that's one way to do it, yeah. uh, and then the red sauce okay. comes in later. Uh-huh. But uh, you mm-hmm. want to keep that sauce to be nice and smooth. That's real important to uh-huh. me, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just comes out better. Yeah. 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 We had a good stewed chicken too. Anyway, go Everybody ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just confused because now when we did dobe, dobe was very simple, and that was something that took all day as well. Yeah. So, you know, the dobe uh-huh. was, was chuck roast is what we did with dobe. Right. That's what is we that, did, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you just like did, did, it with Did Miss like, Esther do it with, uh, with chuck roast, or was it something higher falutin Bone than in. that? Bone-in chuck roast. Yeah. Okay. Bone for the flavor. Okay. All right. Yeah, definitely. Now, now the other right, one we now, used to now do. we got to wait until next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, start rattling it off. What about brushaloni? Oh gosh, she doesn't like brushaloni yeah, yeah, though. I refuse. I'm sorry. Who I do not want. Who doesn't rolled... like brushaloni? Don, no, I do not. We had the, we had the av- advantage of Sicilian relatives and ancestors. That's why we appreciate brushaloni. <laughs> so, have you ever had brushaloni? Uh, I no. Yeah, uh-uh. that's a labor. Yeah. That's a labor of love. I'm not yeah, attracted but, to, but to so it. But so much effort for so little yield, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I'm not into rolled meats. And second, mm-hmm. if you're rolling it around a hard-boiled egg, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, that that would, that would turns me off right from... Yeah. Oh, you don't, yeah. you don't oh, know what you're God. missing. No, I do know what I'm missing. I finally tried it at Tony Mandina's. And I tried oh, well. it at Tony Mandina's because I totally trust them there. Yeah, and I think sure their food good. is delicious. And I still didn't right. like the rolled hard-boiled well, egg. I, I guess, yeah, I guess that, we... That that's truly an Italian thing, the hard-boiled egg and the red gravy. That's yeah. just something oh, Italians yeah. are raised on. From and, and, then, and, the, and actually, the, the, the Prussian is when they started doing yep. it to, to, for the meat. When they could try right. meat, they would put eggs in the gravy. So and another, mm-hmm. another thing she would do is when she was cooking that dobe, sometimes she would put eggs in the shell in there so they would mm-hmm. become hard-boiled and actually cook in the sauce then mm-hmm. crack them and put them back in the sauce, or she would mm-hmm. actually crack an egg 
into the red sauce on top of the dough and close it. Just mm-hmm. depending upon what you felt like doing. I'd rather the Vienna sausages. <laughs> oh, oh God, very, God knows what's I'm in that. Very, I'm very particular about my <laughs> eggs. Liver cheese. <laughs> oh, liver cheese. Don't make fun of liver cheese. No, not exactly liver the same, cheese, but close. No. True, <laughs> true. All right, well, Don, um, All right. you can participate in our throwdown when we do well, so dope. Well, I mean, so far, these have all been fictional throwdowns. They've never taken well, place, have they? Well, uh, no, no. I mean, they're, they're just, they're virtual, like everything they're else vir- in COVID oh, world. Yes. Oh, that, yes. that's, that's, <laughs> that stinks. That's boring. What can I say? All right. All right. So, all right, um, ladies. go back to your computer. Good luck with that. Yes. And next right. week, have you a, can call us and throw, throw yourself you into, later, the, into the right, dope discussion. Okay. We're going to hold up, but we don't want to excite people too much with the dope. Right. <laughs> All right, girls, I'm going to bid you both adieu. We don't have to do the, the, uh, the uh, applause because there's nothing to applaud. But next right. week, we're going, we're going at Nicole hard because we've got something to throw. We got something to okay. throw. Our dope All right, baby. was pretty good. And I, I, it's like I'm learning all of these deep, dark secrets. Like, it turns out that all the things that were cooked in my house that weren't canned <laughs> came from Sylvia's mother-in-law. I'm devastated. All right. <laughs> <sighs> okay, what was, her, right. what was her name? I know she was mayor, but what was her name? Lucille. Lucille, okay. All right. It was, right my, it was my mayor. <laughs> All right. That's well, goodbye, point. girls. Thank you. And right. uh, next Bye. next Thursday, we'll have another throwdown. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Y'all have a good evening. Bye-bye. All right. 556-9696. If you want to talk about anything else, give us a call. It's got to be about food, though, because that's what we do here. We'll be back. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hansa's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010.
I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Who does not like Gershwin? Yes, indeed. It is uh, the food show. We're talking food, and um, it's five five six nine six nine six. If you want to call in, today is the Independence Day for Valencia. Also, our cat's name, which is part of Spain. In 1237, on this day, James I drove the Moors out of its capital city, Valencia. The city and state is the homeland of paella, the delicious dish of rice, vegetables, seafoods, and meats, which has become more common around New Orleans in recent years. It also indirectly gave its name to the Uptown Social Center for Teenagers, which was once described as a club for overprivileged children. I remember that. My brother's kids went there. Uh, Valencia is a beautiful city in, in Spain on the Mediterranean, and they really do have great paella. There's a sort of a boardwalk along the ocean, and each one of the restaurants there has a different version of paella, but it's all pretty much the same, and it's all really delicious. And Tom brought home a, um, a plastic paella pan that we had as a takeout container that he was very happy to bring home for the animals who didn't eat paella in it, but they ate everything else. It's a beautiful place with an incredible, incredible performance hall. It's really unique in that part of Spain, as you know, around Barcelona, um, Gaudi is an architect who is very, very famous for an unusual style. And there's a church there called La Sagrada Familia, which has been under construction for, I don't even know how long he's been gone, but it's done specifically through donations. And we were there, I think in 2004, and then again in 2015. And the difference in the building strictly from donations, was absolutely unbelievable. The, the cathedral looks like a sand castle. If you, if you had wet sand and dribbled it, it, it looks like that. But he has a very distinctive style with tile, which spread to that area. And this performance hall in Valencia is worth looking up on the internet because it is made of strictly tile and it looks like this very large egg and it's really incredible anyway valencia is also the uh home of oranges that tom has been very very fond of for many many years and when we were there in 2015 i wanted to go outside the city just five miles and take tom to the orange groves and he said eh, i don't need to go and so we didn't go which is too bad, Tom, because I really did want to go see those, uh, those orange groves. But this, again, proof why I never travel with Tom. The Edible Dictionary word of the day today is kumquat. It's a small orange citrus fruit, usually eaten whole, including the peel. The typical kumquat is oval in shape, about an inch wide and an inch and a half long. Some varieties are round. They all seem to come from Southeast Asia. 
records of their cultivations go back to the 1100s and they've been popular throughout the Far East for at least 700 years. They grow on bushes that resemble other citrus trees in the shape of their leaves and flowers. They are less sensitive to freezing than almost any other citrus, surviving temperatures of 15 degrees. The skin is sweeter and the pulp more bitter than most citrus. The oils are particularly fragrant, so they're good in cocktails. Other than eating them whole, kumquats can also be preserved. It's a friendly little fruit that lacks a large fan club. I love kumquats. How are kumquats different, Tom, from Japanese plums? They're longer. They're just, uh, they're very, the hard. They're different from Japanese plums in that they are sweeter, I think, than Japanese yeah, plums, with tend, them, which tend to be really tart. To me, they're, they they come in with a pr pretty sour. Oh, kumquats or Japanese yeah, plums? Kumquats or Japanese plums, Tom? Which one's sour? Uh, I know that I know the Japanese plums are. They, they both are, and you uh, can't really do much with a Japanese plum except eat it. You'd make a you you could cure it, not cure. We it. tried baking it in stuff. We and tried making a jam out of it, but well, you can't really do much. While, you can't right? really do much with it. But anyway, <clears throat> I was thinking about the the cocktails, the kumquat cocktails, and I remembered at. Um, tin roof over the weekend mm -hmm. looking at some cocktails that were leaving the bar you know cocktails bar, today right? are almost a meal in themselves when you get a cocktail in 2020 there's so much excuse me crap on top of the glass perched on top of the glass with a toothpick that you can have a virtual meal you know, before you have the yeah. cocktail. I don't know if that's true of a kumquat cocktail, but it certainly is a Bloody Mary now. To me, there is a, a curing, or what? there's a word for this that I'm not using. Well, the ones that, that I'm referring that to. That kind of goes in on itself, and then you have this, like, what you wind up getting is the stuff you put on uh, butter, or not butter, but the a cracker. And yeah. And you have that very, very, you know, good hit. Words to drink by today. Drinking beer doesn't make you fat. It makes you lean against bars, tables, oh, chairs, yeah. and poles. I'll remember that. That was someone unknown that said it's that. It's going to come up someday. Yeah. Anyway, let's see. The uh, Strawberry Fields was christened today in 1985 on the late John Lennon's birthday. Oh, is this John Lennon's birthday oh. today? You would, think that, you would think that that would be in your almanac as a thing, Tom. You would. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you missed that one. <laughs> All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up for the almanac. Wait, let's see. Music to eat beignets by the Calliope was patented today by Joshua Stoddard. Live stream blows across tunes, if we're lucky, pipes and generates a tremendous amount of sound. So anyone who's ever been in the neighborhood of a Calliope equipped steamboat knows. Although its sound is associated with the 1800s, Modern passenger riverboats usually have them to create atmosphere. Hearing a calliope is now part of the experience of having cafe au lait and beignets in the French market or oysters at the Crescent City Brew Pub. Tom, are the oysters at the Crescent City Brew, Brew Pub good? I don't think of the Crescent the, City the Brew, Brew Pub, Pub as... Yeah, I think of that place as strictly German food, sausages and such. The Brew Pub. I didn't know you could eat oysters there. That's kind of surprising uh, to me. 
I can't remember. You're drawing a blank? It's yeah. it's uh, right there at the corner of Toulouse. Toulouse. And it's in the block between Toulouse and oh, St. Louis on Decatur. Oh. And it's got a balcony, and it's like two doors down from the New Orleans Food and Spirits. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it. We are oh, done, right. pretty much. I just want to tell you, if you miss part of the show, you can get it at nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com under the food show. And you click that, and you can get the podcast or whatever you missed in the show. You can also use that to tell your friends about the show. Or you can tell them to listen on the Simple Radio app, which has all of the extraneous noise filtered out. You download that. It's free. Type in 990 New Orleans and voila. So please tell at least one friend about this because we have fun and it's different than everything else that's out there. It's a nice little cocoon of happiness where we talk about things like butter cookies and kumquats and... Um, turkey poulet and such. All of these yeah. things give us you know, happiness, which is something yeah, that we need more of. time to just work your way. Tell me, have you thought about getting close to the microphone? <laughs> A veteran broadcaster like yourself, Tom, is participating in the show from six feet away. He's so, Tom is social distancing his mic now. Anyway, we have uh, nomenu.com. We have our newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter through nomenu.com. It comes out twice a week, came out today. Some great pictures in there and the dining diary and vintage Tom. Also things that are open and specials around town. It's a really nice piece of work. Our daughter does it. We're very proud of it and would love for you to see it. Also, please follow us on Instagram at the New Orleans Menu. Great little pictures, and uh, we've been told it's it's a it's a good Instagram. I mean, I don't know much about Instagram, but it looks good to me. Tim McNally up next with the Dine Wine and Spirits Show, and we will be back with you on Monday to talk some more food. WGSO New Orleans. Time for the news from Louisiana Radio Network tonight. This is Jeff Cruer. Join me at 7 a.m. till 11 for Ringside Politics with a Punch. Right here on WGSO 990 a.m. New Orleans, Louisiana. The National Hurricane Center says the storm is expected to weaken before it makes landfall with maximum sustained winds around 110 miles per hour. Hurricane and storm surge warnings are in effect for the southeast coast of Texas and most of the coast of Louisiana. President Trump has signed off on a new offer for a coronavirus stimulus package. The offer sent to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi contains roughly $1.8 trillion in stimulus funds, up from an early offer of $1.6 trillion. Speaking to reporters, White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow said he didn't want to speculate on details, but believed that the president may get more of what he wants in the final package. I would reckon that some of our key asks, namely small business PPP extension, uh, we need some backup on the uh, unemployment assistance. This is USA Radio News. Welcome to Tax Talk with Hollywood legend Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. 
They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800-832-1594. A new Gallup poll says that a majority of voters believe themselves to be better off now than they were in 2016. The survey found that 56% of registered voters polled said they were better off now, with just 32% saying they're worse off. That compares favorably to previous polls for presidents seeking re-election. 45% of voters asked the same question in 2012 said they were better off than they were in 2008. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has introduced a piece of legislation that would give Congress a pathway to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove the president from executive duties. At a news conference Friday, Pelosi said the bill is not about removing President Trump, but it's for setting up a process to determine future presidents' fitness for office. This bill honors the duty by uh, creating a standing commission uh, of top former executive officials and medical experts selected in a bipartisan, bicameral way. A president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts. This is USA Radio News. Rebecca Chapman, who is the general manager. Jimmy Setchum, who is the executive chef at Broussard's Restaurant, one of the most beautiful restaurants in New Orleans. Because Broussard's is a true New Orleans restaurant, and you guys are both New Orleanians. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be a part of the history and culture at Broussard's. If you haven't been there lately, you need to correct that problem. Get over there. They got the 1920 special, which is the date of the founding of Broussard's, on wines and on food. Broussard's Restaurant, 819 Conti, in the heart of the French Quarter. Hi, this is Kate Delaney from America Tonight. The show kicks on at midnight, and I'm loving the overwhelming support in New Orleans. What a group of fantastic listeners here on WGSO 990 AM. Join me every morning to catch up on what I call the buzz in your backyard and mine. You'll hear some of the most interesting people on the planet from the world of business, politics, sports, and, well, just intriguing people with a story to tell. If you're around, give us a call. Don't worry, I'll spit out the number plenty of times on the air. Let's agree to meet at midnight right here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans. Breezy yet tonight and gusty at times, especially within those rain bands that'll continue to come and go. Some of the rains could be heavy, heavy in these passing bands. They'll diminish through the morning tomorrow, and then we'll be under clouds with a chance of a passing band or two, but less activity through Saturday, and then partly cloudy and still breezy, but only isolated showers for Sunday. Minimal storm surges along the coastal areas of southeast Louisiana. Three to six feet, though, for Terrebonne Lafourche Parish is improving gradually. Partly cloudy Saturday and Sunday. Isolated showers are possible. Each afternoon's highs go to the middle and upper 80s. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair. With more than 150 vendors, antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop, 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell at the annual Slidell Fall Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. Welcome to the New Orleans Dine, Wine, and Spirits Show. 
your daily opportunity to hear what's going on in the world of beverage and dining in New Orleans and around the world. Your host is Tim McNally. Tim welcomes your phone calls and your questions. Call 504-556-9696. Now here's your host, Tim McNally. Thank you, BJ. Thanks so much. Hello, everybody, and uh, we hope you're having a good afternoon. I'm assuming that what we're going through today, because we all had plans, we all had things that were on the calendar, and they've all been postponed, eradicated, whatever, not knowing what was going to happen with Hurricane Dick.